Welcome to the Newscape Higher Ed Podcast, featuring your hosts, Don Betts and Mark Stansberry. In this episode, Don and Mark discuss patience in an impatient world. This podcast is brought to you by Newscape Higher Ed Advisors, helping university leaders effectively serve their faculty, staff, students, and community. Visit newscape.us to find out more. Welcome to another episode of Newscape. Today we'll be talking about an important subject, and that is patience in an impatient world. I'm Mark Stansbury. Yes, hi, and I'm Don Betts. Don, uh, we definitely are in a trying time, and it's been uh, all 2020 or most of 2020, now 2021. A lot of impatience out there as well. How do we handle that in the, as far as higher education goes, Don? Well, Mark, I think it's important for those that have been joining us along the way here to comment that uh, it's been some time since we've last um, had a chance to connect with them. And it's good to hear whoever's out there or to know they're out there and to let you know that Mark and I have been following uh, the work of higher education through the series of dramatic, unprecedented, historic challenges, whatever adjectives you choose to, to use, um, because we know how important the continuing growth and development of leadership is uh, during times that are beyond trying. They are existential in some way in terms of challenging us. And so when Mark and I, as we continued through this period, talked about what we should focus on, um, we realized that Anxiety is at an all-time high, and I hear it from my peers and my colleagues around the country, and we thought we'd want to st- spend a few minutes today interacting, um, the two of us, and then indirectly with you, on this notion of, of the challenges that we have, the anxiety time, and particularly the, the issue of patience, because it is such, it's so easy not to be patient now. Um, it's because of the challenges seem so dramatic, um, we find ourselves thinking about how do we get out of this? Uh, how quickly, et cetera? And then the answer is, as we all know, there are no quick exits, no quick off ramps. So what we're developing is a series of, of skills and proclivities and tendencies that will more ably equip us to respond to the challenges, not just of today, but of tomorrow. And when Mark and I began to think about that, the issue of patience came certainly came to mind. Patience is not something that's easily cultivated when you're being dramatically challenged, but we think it's really an important point for us to, to dwell on here with you for a few moments. What is, the, what is the source of patience that we can activate and, and how do we move forward as an organization, as a team, as an institution, um, cultivating that sense of patience? Well, for me, patience does not mean um, reluctance to address the issues, and it doesn't mean slow motioning our responses to issues. It means that we have a studied sense that we will not resolve all of these issues immediately, and that we will not resolve all of them alone, but that we will address them in a concerted, collaborative way themes that you've heard from us before. And whether we're speaking about university leadership uh, at the presidential or provost or other levels, 
or whether we're speaking about the leadership of the boards of trustees or regents that uh, are responsible for these institutions, there has to be um, not necessarily a calming of the conversation, but a studied sense of proceeding in a very consistent, interactive, collaborative way to study the challenges that are there and not to assume that we can dismiss them on the moment, which brings us back to the issues that we've discussed again from the beginning, Mark and I, how you build the team and how that team develops over time to, I guess, um, have the dimensions within its membership to steady one another and to help us cultivate the patience that we need to address the issues that we must. Well, Don, you're right. It's it's uh, definitely a mix of emotions uh, involved, and and uh, and to just stop and to reflect where we all are, especially the individual being the board chair or the president, is we need some uh, sometimes immediate responses, but sometimes not so. We need to stop and reflect upon ourselves uh, to see, you know, how can we handle things better? Uh, we're, we're pressured. If you're in a position of leadership, that means that you will be in a, in definitely at a point of, of pressure to make decisions. But we've got to be careful that we make the right decisions. And that's why you mentioned team, having a great team or teams available to reach out to are so essential and uh, very important in, in that process. But I think reflecting, first of all, on self-evaluation, how am I going to handle this situation? Uh, what tools will I need? Who will I need to be around me? And will I need to add tools? Will I need to add individuals around me to help me in this advisory roles, if nothing else? And to you can't get away from problems, but you can step back and, and definitely it's a great time to, to uh, have exercise of uh, both uh, the mind and the body, and that is uh, need time for self. And uh, with all the times that we need uh, to find ourselves and make sure we're doing the right things is we can't necessarily let down, but we need some time to, to reflect um, how we're going to go about our daily life, how we're going to balance our life, uh, and how can we help others in the process. Our job still is to encourage uh, as board members or board chair, or I know you as president and your team, we've got to encourage each other, build each other up, build teams together in a time of, of definitely uh, in a, in a patient, an impatient world. Uh, and I agree with you, patience is not just described as not being immediate and making quick decisions at times or needed decisions at times, but it's definitely being uh, patient with one another as we get through this, because there's going to be challenging times for our team around us. And that uh, that's even challenging in itself. Uh, when uh, our, our advisors have students that are not able to go to school like they did before, or, or maybe one of the uh, spouses uh, of the advisor has lost a job, or on and on the health issues, of course, COVID being a big part of this. Uh, so patients, uh, something that we all desire in this time of, of uncertainty, for sure. Yeah, Mark, and, and your, your comments lead really uh, so appropriately uh, into the notion that uh, 
in order to resolve these issues, we have to bring the best me or the best us to the process. So your reflections on how we do that, um, that individual responsibility is really, really significant. When you think of some of the, some of the key ingredients for success uh, in this uh, inpatient world, we hear often about agility, and I know you and I will be speaking about that probably on more than one of, the, of our conversations in the future, but also about sustainability. So how do we respond, not just quickly, but effectively, and how do we make sure that the response um, is one that is not simply a, an autonomic knee-jerk response, but something that, that is grounded in a kind of sustained, um, uh, a sustained strategy that allows us to see down the road to do well in understanding those issues and to persist when it would be easy to be drawn off. I mean, we fear in higher education that we're trapped in silos and that we're also focused only on the most immediate issue because it's so pressing. So we have to overcome those endemic realities and move forward to this notion of how do we become essentially more agile and, 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 and become more sustainable. And you and I are, have been students of leadership our whole lives and it, it always leads me back. And I, again, I feel like uh, I am um, uh, a looped recording, but it always brings me back to the essentials um, of trust and the power of trust, the necessity of trust, the, um, the characteristics of trust that without them, you simply don't realize medium or long-term goals or success. And when I, I focus on that, Mark, I think about um, those key factors, key ingredients that, that really do propel us to trust in a crisis. And these have been discussed by, by many, Zanger and Folkman, the work that, that's done by the Harvard Business Review, et cetera. You will find all kinds of lists that will tell you how to proceed uh, in order to, to be successful, et cetera. But if you boil them down, if you, if you um, reduce them to the irreducible minimum, it is that interpersonal trust that's based on perception and based on actions and based in character and based in collaboration that allow us to accomplish the goals um, that we choose to. And trust, trust is, is the magic, if I may use the term, the magic elixir of successful leadership. And I thought what I would do, Mark, just for a minute here is talk a little bit about some key ingredients and, and you and I can kind of knock these, bounce these back and forth with each other. If I read across um, a number of sources or I think about our experiences over these many years, if there's one key factor among many factors in terms of, of trust, it has to be honesty. People trust because you have proven to be trustworthy. And that trustworthiness is so important to demonstrate in times of rapid, unconventional, and sometimes dangerous change. How, and how do you do that? I think there's a consistency in trust um, and a consistency in honesty that's, a, that's a, a bulwark of trust. If people know, um, our colleagues know that we work with, that you may not have all the answers, but that you will in fact follow a pattern which is proven to be um, resilient and useful in the, in the past, such as he or she does not head out headstrong and make the decision on the spot, but 
brings in the council, gathers together the key leaders uh, to understand and appreciate those perspectives and use that new insight and information to go ahead and make decisions. It's not about stalling the decision, but it's about informing the decision. So that, that basic honesty that is demonstrated in consistency of effort, I think is one of those key ingredients for trust that so many writers and so many speakers have dealt with, but because so many have said it, doesn't mean it's not true. And I think it has to be in, at the center of our model for effective leaderships in an impatient world. Don, uh, as leader, as president of the universities that you, you led, uh, I saw firsthand and heard from other universities where you did lead uh, throughout the years that you had the trust, but along with the trust and the honesty uh, came communication, um, honest communication, transparency, uh, availability. It's so easy in this environment that we're in today to withdraw, withdraw ourselves and to become, you know, say isolated in our office uh, because it's hard to get out, especially now uh, with the situation as it is now we have to use, whether it's Zoom, maybe not in person, but we need to be able to reach out as leaders. And I saw you do that and continue to do that. You, you, you're nonstop. You're continuing to, to show your leadership through being available through, uh, through whether it's Zoom or, uh, or, or in other ways to have firsthand open dialogue and communication with others. That's so important um, to have communication with the community. It doesn't stop because of, of COVID. <laughs> the community still is looking for the leader to say, well, what's, what's happening with the university? What's the future of university? We're concerned. In fact, some have told me they're scared uh, about the future uh, when it comes to their, their future as a student or as a professor. Um, and so if, if you communicate what you do and, and, and others can, uh, can take from this is that the, the communication doesn't stop because of, uh, of, of this world we're living in today. Uh, and it is impatient, an impatient world because we all were used to quick results everything, uh, quick decisions. And that's why it's important to have leadership that's honest, say we're, we're evaluating. Uh, there's trust there that you have the right team, uh, you have the right leadership in place, uh, that you will respond and you'll respond uh, as quickly as possible, but with good decision-making. And the, uh, again, going to the trust and the communication goes to the student and the students and the parents and those that are supporting their, their, uh, their students, the mentors, uh, on and on, all need to hear from the top. And I've seen as of late some that are not doing that. And, uh, and I'm talking about in the, in the university setting. Um, I know I had a friend outside the state said that, uh, that they're not seeing the president. They don't know where the president is half the time. I'm going, well, that's, that's an issue. Um, and that there, there were concerns uh, in another part of the U.S. that the board apparently wasn't meeting, or at least the public and others, uh, other concerned citizens thought they weren't meeting. 
So there needs to be the communication that yes, we are meeting, if you are, and if not, you need to be, and probably more than ever, because the communication, the honesty starts at the top. And through your leadership, we saw that, and uh, it's a very important example that I wanted to share with uh, the listeners. Mark, I really appreciate your focus on effective communication. It was, it was one of those points that I wanted to be sure you and I had a chance to raise very early in the conversation about, about being effective in an, in an impatient world. <clears throat> and I really resonate with the comment that you made about um, you, it's important to communicate, and that means replying rapidly to, to requests, et cetera, but you don't necessarily um, have to create the outcome or create the final decision as rapidly, that you have a chance through effective communication to keep people well informed, but at the same time to gather additional perspective and insight from the colleagues in order to be able to make the kind of decisions that, that need to be made. But we both embraced this attribute of communication and have throughout our, our working period. Um, I would like to, uh, to attach that notion of effective communication. That it's, it's impossible to have effective communication, I think, and not have empathy. And I think that empathy, and it really, I find it coming up in the business literature as well as in the educational uh, journals as well, that empathy is more and more being understood, appreciated, and studied as a key ingredient for developing trust, sustaining trust, which is incredibly important as well as developing in a crisis or, or not in a crisis. But particularly in a crisis when people are looking for reassurance, someone said, can you provide some shelter from these issues that we're facing? What they're really saying is, can you understand and appreciate where I am in all of this and how this is impacting me as a, a member of your team, as a member of the university community, as a, a parent or a, 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 a grandson of a, of a challenged um, grandparent, et cetera? In other words, can you, do you have the capacity and do you have the perspective to really appreciate my position and that, and if the answer is yes, and you demonstrate that not by what you say only, but by how you act, that gives me the reassurance to invest myself in trusting you and in trusting the, the council or the group or the cabinet for us to take next steps together. That, that kind of empathy involves a sense of vulnerability. And for some, that's not the easiest road to walk but the rewards are quite amazing, demonstrated over time, that that opens up avenues of connection, communication, as you mentioned, and other ways of us being, becoming the kind of leadership powerhouse that we choose, that we are that we're seeking to become. Can we in fact allow ourselves to be empathetic toward others and to allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough to assert that empathy in a way that connects us uh, with our fellow man and with our, our, our fellow human being in order to accomplish the goals. And the goal is effective leading in times of crisis, or in this case, in an impatient world. Patience in an impatient world. It's such a uh, challenge for all of us uh, during this time and something that uh, I hope we will be able to move forward with, and hopefully we're encouraging others that are listening to this uh, to definitely strive for patience 
and being able to uh, definitely look at the different uh, areas that we need to focus on that Don and I have mentioned. And there's more, more than what we've mentioned today. We hope you'll definitely continue to listen to our episodes uh, because it's, it's times of, of encouragement that we're trying to provide for each one of you. Don, in, in summary, uh, can you run us through steps that we can take and, in, and focus on uh, regarding patients in, in the patient world? Well, Mark, obviously we could spend a lot more time than our slots allow, but I think the points that we have raised here today, um, including honesty and consistency, empathy and effective communication as key ingredients uh, for building trust uh, in an impatient and demanding anxious world, there's a, there's a laundry list of ingredients. Um, but what we're really trying to do is we're trying to plan uh, for the unknown and the unimagined. And that's why this sense of impatience uh, is and, and anxiety is upon us. So the more we can build these trust relationships and the more we can um, accentuate the appropriate pacing, our ability to listen to others, um, to gain new perspectives and to create a sense of solidarity among us, the better chance we have of dealing with the next unimagined challenge around the corner. Someone told me the other day, uh, uh, I saw them by chance and they said, uh, Is, isn't this about the hardest, most challenging time you could possibly imagine to be a leader? This referring to higher education, which I agreed, but refers to every part of our, our society right now. But, but it brought me back to, um, to a comment that was made some time ago, Mark, about what, what these educators do. The educators that we've worked with and been part of for years. And there's a quotation that I, I remember, and it was said this, it says, we are educators. We are the purveyors of hope grounded in the power of learning in search of the truth. We are, that, that's what educators are and do. And in a time when, when the challenges are replete and where even basic truths are being challenged, I think it's really healthy for the educators and for those who benefit from the work and the dedication of educators to recall that they really are the purveyors of hope and they really do believe that learning is the key to opportunity for the future, but that learning has to be grounded in the search for the truth. And I think there's something about searching for the truth that builds trust between partners um, in a company, uh, in a family, or at a university. Thanks for joining us for this conversation about patience in an impatient world. Make sure to visit our website at newscape.us. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Join us next time when we discuss reinventing board governance in times of dramatic change.